It's good to be here as we get to, to listen to God speak to us uh, through his word. And, and that's what we're going to take the next several minutes together as we reflect on um, a very familiar story in the scripture uh, where Jesus turns water into wine. Even non-Christians know that Jesus did that, much like they know that he walked on water. This miracle where he turns water into wine is very familiar. And there's a number of life lessons that we can apply to ourselves uh, from the scriptures. And one of them may just be simply that, that God likes to be compassionate and, and pour out his blessings on people. And that's what he shows in, in the miracle at Cana at that, that wedding event. Another area that we could look at is God's using a marriage event to, to be the place where he uh, reveals himself uh, in the first miracle, and so he's placing a priority or at least a, a significance on the marriage relationship. And marriage is something that's been around long before there was even sin in the world, with Adam and Eve being the first marriage, and, and God showing that a marriage is between a man and a woman. Uh, and that truth still stands even today uh, through his, his word. Other areas that we could look at is kind of this epiphany theme where, where God just reveals himself and his manifested glory through being able to do things like miracles. But what I want to focus on today is a sentence that Mary gives us in, in the scriptures where she basically says, whatever he says to do, as she's talking to servants, whatever Jesus says to do, do it. And the idea is listening to the Lord. And, and that's the, the theme that we're going to be reflecting on for this morning. Jesus is attending a wedding, and his disciples were invited to be there also. And, and for us in this day and age, for, to understand the, the context, what was taking place was a, a year-long betrothal. There was a, a man and woman uh, that were legally husband and wife, but on this day, after the feast and the celebration, the, the, the wedding would be consummated and they would live together as husband and wife from that point on. But before all that, there's a great deal of dancing and, and merriment. It's just this great feast. Uh, there's obviously wine being consumed, as we get from the scripture. Uh, and it's, it's basically the whole community is invited out to this event. Now, unfortunately for the host, which is most likely the parents in this case, they did not anticipate the appetites, or at least the thirst, of those that were attending the festivities, and they ran out of wine. We're not told how Mary knows this, maybe through the Holy Spirit prompting her, but somehow she's in the loop that they've run out of wine, and she approaches Jesus and lays this problem at his feet. And this is where I, as I read through the scriptures, I, there's times where I just wrestle with Okay, we don't know the tone that Jesus used here, but the way the translation goes is, woman, what does this have to do with me? And so it almost appears as though Jesus is being disrespectful to his mom. But that's not the case, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and always. Um, he does have a message that he wants to communicate, and, and it's not to the people in the party, it's to you and me who are reading years and years later. And as he's communicating with his mom, what he's basically saying is, I see the need. My, my time has not come yet. My purpose will be revealed in my timing. And, and basically what Jesus is doing is he's saying, listen, I came for a job. And, and we as Christians know that that job was to seek and to save the lost. I came for a job. My time has not come yet. I will act in my time. 
And that's good for you and me when we approach the Lord with our needs is to recognize that he is the Lord and he will meet those needs according to his gracious will in his time. Uh, And he asks us to trust that. Things are different now, Mom. I'm not your little boy anymore. I came for a purpose, and that purpose is to seek and to save the lost. So that's what Jesus is getting at in that exchange. So Mary steps out of the way. Before she does that, though, she tells the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And, and the servants obey. And just think about this. Jesus is, why would the servants obey him? He's simply a guest in this place during this wedding. Why would they do that? And, and then to make matters worse, this Jesus is asking them to do something that makes absolutely no sense. Okay, they've run out of wine. All right, I want you to take those purification jars over there those, and, and fill them to the brim. And, and they're 20 or 30 gallons of water. That's a lot of work, right? I was reflecting with Pastor Brad. They don't just go to the kitchen sink and just go, Shh. No, they are carrying in this water 20 to 30 gallons, 120 gallons or so of water. It's nonsense, and yet they do it. It doesn't make sense, and when Jesus tells them to scoop up that water and take it over to the chief steward, at that point the water become wine. He drinks it. He has no idea what's happening. He praises the bridegroom. Wow, what a great host. That miracle would not have happened if the servants didn't listen to Jesus and they just decided to ignore him. Who is he? What authority does he have here? There are times in your life where God wants you to do something and it does not make sense. We like for things to make sense in our life. We like to be in control. We like to to be in the know. But we can't be in the know of all things. We are not God. We are God's creation. We are his creatures. And we answer to him. And there's times where he wants us to simply just hear his word, and do it. He wants us to just step out in faith and in trust. And that's what he's getting at as he encourages us to listen to him. It wars against our human flesh because we want to be in control. But we can't be in control at all times. And there's going to be things that happen in this life that do not make sense. Consider the cross. I mean, if you're hearing about what Jesus did on the cross for the first, it does not make sense. It really doesn't. It's not until you get the Christian context and the, and the message of what Jesus has come to do that it starts to unravel as the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, what Jesus did there. It's an instrument of torture. It's reserved for criminals, non-Roman citizens that break the law or that the government wants to put down. That's where they do that work, that nasty, torturous work. And Jesus at the prompting of his heavenly father, God, our creator, does that work there where he takes and nails sins to himself there because the wages of sin is death. You and I would be eternally cut off. We would be dead if it wasn't for what Jesus did there. And it made no sense to anybody at the time. The only one that knew that he could take that instrument and torture and redeem it was Jesus himself. His enemies thought they won. His people were absolutely confused and frightened. Only Jesus knew what was going on there, that he was meaning to pour out the abundance of his forgiveness on his people. And when God wants to bless, he loves to do so in abundance. 
Right? He, he loves to pour out his blessings in abundance. Go back to that wedding event. All right, folks, it's a wedding. It's one day in the lives of this couple. If their guest didn't get a glass of wine, it's not going to end the world, right? Sure, it's a little embarrassing, but, I mean, think about it. It's just one day. It's not the big need. And yet, what does Jesus do? He, he doesn't just give a little bit of wine. He gives 120 gallons of it. I mean, there's going to be some leftovers, Right? Much like he did when he fed the fish with 5,000, fed the 5,000 with fish, there was leftovers. God wants to pour out that a blessing in abundance. And then you start to understand what we receive every time we gather for worship, right? We, 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 we hear words and we sing songs about his, his life, his death, his resurrection. Um, you confess your sins and, and we get to, as pastors, announce that sin. Forgiveness actually taking place for what God is doing through his Holy Spirit. You're being forgiven, right? In the message, in the sermons, you hear about God's forgiveness. One more time, blessing being poured out on you. When you come forward for communion, you are receiving the gift of forgiveness, right? God's body and blood in, with, and under the wine given for you for the forgiveness of sins. God is pouring out his blessings in an abundance. Is any one of those enough? Yeah, absolutely. But he wants you to know that you are forgiven so that you live a changed and transformed life beyond these walls. Your sins have been taken away. The penalty is gone. We can live free from the trappings of sin and help others through the promptings of the Holy Spirit and through his work come to faith in Jesus Christ. Now one thing that we probably want to understand when, when listening to the Lord is we shouldn't expect a neon sign or maybe an audible voice, Hey Joe, I want you to go down to the corner of Jefferson and Maine and start proclaiming my name. Right? He doesn't do that, sort of. But he actually wrote it down for us in his word, what we are to do. And that is, as we are going, is to make disciples of all men, right? We, we baptize, we teach everything about Jesus. We, we use his word to, to learn how we are to behave and, and to act. We go there and, and we draw comfort from it when we're challenged or when we're distressed. We see that God is the same yesterday, today, and always. And we can hold on to that. The real question is, when it comes to listening to the Lord, is who are you listening to? Who is Lord here? As human beings, we want to be in control, right? Who are you trusting? Who are you listening to? If it's not the Lord, then we might be walking a dangerous path. right? If we're getting our information from anything other than what, what God would have us do, He's the one who has the firm grasp of reality and truth. He's the one that can see all things, and he wants us to trust in him. So who is the Lord here? It's good for us to take stock in that. Mary told the servants, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. And those servants acted with gladness, and they did it. They didn't question, they just simply acted. And there's a life lesson there for us. Whatever Jesus tells us to do, that we do. And we do it with a heart of thanksgiving, knowing that he calls us not his servants, but his friends and his children to show how beautiful it is to live with him. Amen?
Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and lives in Christ Jesus. Amen.